Well, it's so great to be here again. I just, I so look forward to fellowshipping with my brothers and sisters in Christ and bringing, being in the presence of God and getting to worship corporately. There is just such a joy in worshiping the Lord together and listening to um, Pastor Tom about that, about the cost. Oh my goodness, the cost that our Jesus paid out of his enormous love for us that is just fathomless to understand the depths of his love for us. So I I pray tonight we just understand even a greater depth of God's love through this word. This is our fourth part that we're doing on being strong in the Lord and the power of his might about the armor of God. But we just should hear through this whole scripture that it's God's love that lays out how we are to walk in the midst of a broken and fallen generation and a broken and perverse generation that we walk in. So the, 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 our Father writes his word to us with love and he writes it with power and he so wants us to stand strong in him against the battles. But we listen to that through these scriptures. We want to make sure we're hearing that we stand in Christ and what he's already done for us. We are not fighting any evil spirits. We are standing strong in the Lord for the battle is his, but we stand in everything that he, he has done for us. So <clears throat> let me just open up in prayer before we uh, get underway in this last part. Well, Father, we are so thankful for your great love that you would send your son to the cross to pray the price for us for our sins, Lord God, and our sickness and our disease and our death, Lord Jesus, and that you did that for us out of power and love, and you rose again to purchase us as your children. So, Father, we we have no, um, we can't give you enough thanks, Lord God, for all you've done for us. And we just thank you, God, that you are here tonight, that you want to teach us through your word, that you anoint your word, Lord God, to teach us, your children, how you want us to walk out this time on earth according to your spirit, Lord God. We thank you and we praise you and give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay, so I... Um, this is the part four of the Be Strong in the Lord. So if anyone has not had a chance to hear um, the other three parts, I would just, maybe you could view that online. It would catch you up to this to make everything would make sense in what we've had so far. But our Father tells us to put on the whole armor of God. Um, that we can stand against the wicked schemes of the evil one. We talked about the evil spirits being like the evil influencers that we have in this day and age that can come in many different forms, whether it's through uh, the news, through um, advertisements, through any way. We understand this is spiritual battle that we're talking about. We're not talking about flesh and blood. Our Father is so good, he tells us what's happening behind the scenes. When we're uh, not of the Lord Jesus, our spiritual understanding was blinded. We didn't know all this. God gave us his word, uh, the children's book here, to tell us what's going on for us to walk strong in him and in the power of his might. But we'll find out as we know through these scriptures that we are standing, we are not fighting. Because the only thing the Lord tells us in his word to fight is to fight the fight of faith. Many things are going to want to take our faith away because they can have an appearance of hopelessness, appearance of being irreparable. But our Lord is so mighty in every way that we stand in him and trust him. He does miracles. But let's uh, start out by looking at um, the Lord telling us that our struggles, our wrestling is not flesh and blood. We might think it's people, but there's, there's a spirit of some sort involved behind the scene. So Ephesians 6 verses 10 through 12, 
uh, we remember reading this. It's the end of the book of Ephesians. Finally, my brethren, now you hear a father talking to all the brothers and sisters in Christ, all his children. He says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So look who we're leaning and depending on. We're not doing this in our own strength. We can't, but our father who is mighty, he works within us by his Holy Spirit. So my, our father tells us to put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Wiles are all his cunning, shifting ways that he does. So, for we do not wrestle against um, flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities, uh, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So, simply put, anything that is not of God is what we have to be aware of. We are children of God, and we're led by the Holy Spirit, and we're led by the Word of God. So, the more we know God, the more we know um, the power of the Spirit, and we know His Word, the stronger and quicker we can recognize when there's a deception taking place because he's a deceiver and he wants to deceive. <clears throat> so uh, we are God's uh, children and he has given us everything freely, everything freely from his word of God. Especially if you read through the first chapter of Ephesians, everything has been given to us. God says, and I have given you everything you need for life and godliness by his word, by his spirit, by all his promises. So we have all we need. So God wants us strong in him. <clears throat> so we looked at, at one week, we looked that we put on the armor of God according to the mirror of God's word. So we, we are dressing spiritually, so the world can't tell us how to dress. So we use the word of God as he calls it a mirror. So we see as our reflection the strength of God by his word and not the world. We looked at it last week that the word of God is also called a plumb line. That is so important in building to make sure a structure is sound and strong and straight. And we want to be straight with the Lord. And our foundation is the um, Jesus Christ who is our cornerstone. So these are such strong foundational truths to know these so we can be strong in the Lord. And tonight I want us to think about the word of God as being what he calls a light. We are in a dark spiritual battle wherever we go. We need the light of God's word to carry us to call um, dark things into the light. In Ephesians, it talks about us exposing works of darkness. The light of God's word will say, oh, that thing is dark. We will know by the light of God's word uh, what is, um, has a deception to it. We might not even understand what's going on, but when we know the Lord, how he wants us to walk, we'll have a discernment by his Holy Spirit because we know the word of God. We know his promises. We know how big our Lord is. We know we became one spirit with him when we said yes. We know he never leaves us or forsakes us. We go with all these strong promises to be strong in him. Ephesians 5, 8, we've had before. Uh, we, before we were born again, we were once darkness. We all know that. But now we are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Wow, that is a beautiful picture that we walk because Jesus Christ is the light of the world and he has filled us with his Holy Spirit. Our Lord puts on light as a garment and his word is light to us in a very dark world. So being that we're children of light, uh, we want the word that is light. Psalm 119, 105 says, uh, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light into my path. 
It is so vital to have the word of God uh, in our hearts to know, um, to know what is light, which is really exposing what is of darkness. Uh, I love Psalm 119, 130. It says, the entrance of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. So this light is really great, deep spiritual understanding that we have by the, by the Holy Spirit. Um, so the, the goal of the armor is that it strengthens us in our inner man. It says that in Ephesians 3, it talks about the whole truth of being strong in the Lord is being strengthened in our inner man. We have such a confidence in the Lord when we know the Lord and we know his promises and they fail not. So um, this whole armor is, as we started out with our identity in Jesus Christ, we need to know who we are in Jesus Christ to stand strong. We talked about that the first week, that the evil one that comes to steal, kill, and destroy would love to lie to us so we don't know our identity, so we're weak. Everything he wants to do is to weaken us because we, we carry Christ. We carry power. We carry the champion within us. The evil one doesn't want to know who we are. He doesn't want us to know who we are in Christ, so he is always lying. So we have light that exposes that darkness by saying, no, the word of God tells me who I am, not the world, and no other lying. So if we just briefly, uh, we're going to finish tonight on our last two pieces of the armor, but I'll just go through the armor quickly just as a reminder. And this is so great if you um, start, if you haven't, maybe you already do. A lot of people do put the armor of God on. Make it a habit to know the pieces. Make it a habit to know that the order that they come in because our Father, he writes his word on purpose and in order for a reason. Of course, the first piece we put on is the belt of truth, and we know Jesus is the truth. We know he is, um, and he's also the word of God. Jesus is the word that became flesh. So we're putting on the belt of truth. We are, um, we are agreeing that we're going to walk by truth. We're believing the truth dwells in us. We're going to believe that we have that strength of truth against lies. So we also put on the breastplate of righteousness. We have been given in exchange for our filthy unrighteousness. We have been given the righteousness of Christ. Everything we have is freely given, nothing we earn. We don't earn righteousness. It's freely given to us. So what blesses our Father is that we walk according to everything he made us to be, who he placed in us, who he wants us to walk from. So when we put on a breastplate of righteousness, it's over our hearts. Over our hearts get protected by righteousness. So from that place, we want to think righteousness. We want to act righteousness. And our, um, out of our heart is the overflow of our words. So we want our heart righteous, so our thoughts and our words are righteous as well. <clears throat> then we put the gospel of peace on our feet. And we learned that those uh, Roman soldiers had those uh, uh, sandals on, but they had spikes in the bottom. They were for gripping and uh, holding uh, strong in um, battles. So our gospel of peace, we have peace with God forever because we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We stand in peace in every storm that we go through saying, my Lord is in charge. He has given me his peace that passes understanding. So as soldiers, like I say, we're not battling, we're standing. The Lord says so many times through Ephesians, we stand, we withstand, and we stand again because the battle is the Lord's. <clears throat> then above all, the Lord says is take up the shield of faith 
That's amazing. He says, above all, over all the pieces of armor, our faith is what stands against the wicked one. We, he can throw all kinds of stuff at us, but if we believe our Lord is with us, our Lord is for us, our Lord can work all things out together for good, our faith is what defeats the evil one. And if we remember... Um, that faith shield was mighty the way it was even constructed. It was like the cross of Jesus Christ. So our faith is fully in Jesus Christ and everything he did on the cross has already defeated the wicked one. The wicked one we know is just running around in turmoil because his days are numbered. He's already been defeated. So we stand from the winning standpoint against the wicked one. He has been destroyed the works of darkness. So we stand with the blood of Jesus. That's what we stand against. We overcome by the finished work of the cross and the resurrection we have resurrection power because the lord jesus dwells in us with resurrection power we have so much more that um, the lord has given us that he nothing blesses him more than we walk out who he's told us we are and who we carry which is him so our shield of faith is mighty to quench every fiery dart of the evil one. We know those fiery darts are just wicked. They're just wicked lies, and we need to have them quenched. We're not going to believe lies. We believe truth. We're children of truth. We're children of righteousness. We're children of peace. We're children of faith. We can call each piece of armor. It's each piece is God's love. Each piece is light. Each piece is um, the Lord. We can, um, we can just transform that into anything that, that meets who we are to make us strong in him and we put on the helmet of salvation which we talked about uh, last week is the helmet of hope that's how god calls his helmet a helmet of hope the evil one always wants to discourage and throw hours of despair and discouragement and uh, disparity anything that is um that is a lie so our helmet means we know and trust what the lord says we meditate on the truth of his word we want to be filled with hope uh, just filled continually with hope no matter what we see. Our faith in the Lord's hope that dwells within us. We have a living hope, the hope of glory within us. So we have to, we have to manage all of all the arrows that want to come and destroy our minds. The, mind, the arrows coming against our minds are mighty these days in every way. And we say, no, I know what the word of God says. I know who I am in him. Yes, sir. Is crackling so I get rid of this okay oh I didn't realize how's that so um, we we talked about last week too we talked about the depressing spirits that come uh, there there's just such a wave of that and the Lord tells us to get rid of the spirit of heaviness we put on the garment of praise and for the spirit of fear, we put on his power and his love and his sound mind. See, we put on what the Lord has offered us, not what the evil one wants us to take up. So our, our helmet, as we talked about before, is placed between the, the shield of faith and the, the word of God. So our minds being meditating on faith and the word of God, our minds will be strong. We get it filled with the power of God's word. Uh, the evil one will not have any place in our mind. So uh, good soldiers, we know, are disciplining our thought life. Here's a great scripture in Romans 15, 13. It says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is a sword of the spirit. This is light. This is a mirror that we should look into and say, oh yeah, that's me. This should be a plumb line, what we do with our, our thoughts. You know, these, the word of God is just transforming uh, that. He says, if we are believing this, 
So tonight, um, the final two pieces of armor we're going to look at is the sword of the spirit, uh, which is the word of God, and prayer. Uh, the Lord says in Ephesians six seventeen, he says, take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now we remember how uh, the word of God is God's breath. He breathed his scriptures into being. And we saw this before last week as being one breath of God, that if the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit is the word of God, how strong our minds are. Our helmet is made out of the word of God. We won't believe the, uh, the lies of the evil one. <clears throat> So um, God's, God's word spiritually sharpens us. God's word will cut the things that the evil one has placed possibly even in our mind or our hearts. God's word will, um, will show what's, what we might have been believing incorrectly uh, because we got deceived somehow. The evil one is a deceiver. We're, he's not going to be as obvious and evident as we think he's going to be. So the sword of the spirit <clears throat> in the natural weapon... It was used for a close contact battle to kill the enemy, and the soldier would keep his sword sharpened, keep it close, and know how to use it. Our Lord has so much to tell us as we are good soldiers of Jesus Christ that the spiritual weapon as the word of God is the sword of the spirit, right? We're in a spiritual battle. We need a sword of the spirit. We have to look at the word of God as a sword of, of the spirit so we can cut out lies of the evil one when they come. So a good soldier of Jesus Christ, we would need to keep our, our be sharp in the word. We need to be daily in the word of God to be sharp against the lies. We need to keep it close, keep it close in our heart and know how to use it. Uh, a good soldier would never have a rusty or a dusty soldier. He would be ready. The Lord calls us good soldiers of Jesus Christ. So we want to be um, strong in the Lord. We need to be strong in the word of God. So we're not, not duped. Second uh, Corinthians 10 verses 4 through 5 says, The weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We, thought, we talked about this last week. It's so vital to take our thoughts captive and say, does that, does that line up with what my father says about me? Does he, about my circumstance or anything? We have to take it captive and say, what does God's word say about it? So we can cut out the lies of the evil one. When hard things happen, which they happen to all of us, tribulations and troubles come, we have to find out what our Lord says about these things and use his, uh, use his sword. So uh, look at Hebrews 4, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God, it is living and it's powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joint and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart. Wow, God's word is so intimate with his children that it'll come in between our joint and our, uh, in between our soul and our spirit. That's an amazing separation that our father does through his word. Also here he says as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart. We might think one thing and realize we have a different intent in our heart. But our Lord knows us better than we know ourselves. And when we read the word of God, we're like, I thought I was thinking this way until I read the word of God. And I'm like, oh, I didn't understand that because our father 
He knows our hearts better than we do. He knows what our thoughts are and even our intents that we might not be aware of. So the word of God, whether we realize it or not, is doing a shaping and a transforming within us whenever we're in the word of God. God is doing things we don't even realize until one day something comes up, all of a sudden we know the word of God. We know how to respond to something that is adverse to us according to what God says versus what the enemy. So um, also too, uh, 2 Timothy 2.15 says, be diligent. These are a lot of like, I call them war terms in the word of God. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. We need to really truly know the word of God because what happens is the evil one knows the word of God too. And he comes in and twists it and makes it say something it never did. And also too, if you read the word of God out of context, you can find out God could have been speaking to an unbeliever in the context and will take it wrong. Uh, so rightly dividing the word of God doesn't mean we need to be a, a Bible scholar. It just means we need to know God's heart over all for his children. He always works in love. He works in grace. He works in mercy. And his voice, uh, the Holy Spirit, is always a loving conviction if we miss it. We talked about the, um, the evil one's voice is always condemnation and shame because he's in condemnation and shame. He's in guilt. He's angry. So his voice is always going to be that voice. We do not listen to the voice of the stranger. We remember our sins are paid for in full. We have no, no, our sins are removed as far as the east is from the west and remembered no more. So if you, if you start getting thoughts of old sins that you have, that's from the wicked one because our sins are paid in full. God's grace covers our past, our present, and our future. He has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So we, we have to remember that our Father's voice is love and mercy and grace. Holy Spirit's our helper, our comforter. The Lord Jesus is with us, will never leave us or forsake us. So we have to really watch out for those um, wicked spirits that will come and um, have a deception trying to tell us something we're not in Christ. So the more we know we are so eternally loved, accepted, beloved of God, where, where his passion for us is indescribable, that when we understand that's going to be the voice of our Father, we will not listen to the voice of the stranger. He's out to kill, steal, and destroy, weaken us, do whatever. So we say, nope, I know my Father. I want to be strong in him and the power of his might. So... Uh, Knowing what's the voice of the, the wicked one, we know he's also called the accuser of the brethren, which is a really a wicked spirit that want to accuse us all the time. So we have to just uh, have our armor on, say, I, I know who I, who I am in Christ. Do I do things perfectly? Absolutely not. Covered by the grace and mercy of God. We all are. We're all covered by the blood. But uh, we cannot um, listen to the accuser, the one that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Um, uh, he had the tempter. He's got a lot of names God tells us. And I love knowing about that in the word of God. So we say, oh, my father told me. He told me what to expect. You know, he, he walked this earth. He came down here. Lord Jesus knows everything we experience. He walked the places we have walked. So he put it right in his word how we can walk in victory um, against in the midst of this uh, broken and fallen world. Um, <clears throat> Hebrews 5, verses 13 through um, through 14 says, for everyone who partakes only in milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. 
but solid food belongs to those who are mature. That is those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So the Lord God's always doing something in us through his word to have us discern good and evil by his spirit according to the word. So we always want to be growing in our understanding of the word of God. So we're growing in our spirit, man, whether we realize it or not. <clears throat> so we know the, uh, the enemy is always going to want to steal, kill, and destroy. Like we've said, he wanted to steal, kill, and destroy any truth in us, any righteousness. That's always his MO. So uh, he wants to destroy um, the truth of God's word. So we just need to know what is of him and what is not of him. Mark, uh, uh, here's one of the ways, too, the enemy also wants to come in. He does not want us to know the word of God. You know what a great distractor he is when you try to read the word of God. One uh, scripture says in Mark 4, 19, how he wants to do this. He says, look what happens with our focus if it's not on the Lord and his word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things, they'll enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So uh, our, 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 our uh, quiet time with the Lord is so important because all the distractions of the world want to take us away from the power of God's word because it's power to us. Second uh, Peter 1 4 says, but we have been given to us these exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Lust is just the eyes, the world, all the things of the flesh. But look what God says we're going to get through this scripture. His promises are awesome. Uh, he also says for us to submit to the Lord. That's where our victory is. We come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. We, we are winners. Look at 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9 for us to be sharp in the spirit though. First two words he says, be sober, which means sound mind, like level-headed, not uh, caught up in all the turmoil. And another war term, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He says, here's God, shows us the way. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Right? We're all in the same world system. So resist him and stand steadfast in the faith. <clears throat> and Jesus is our prime example on how to use the sword of the spirit against the evil one. And here's where Jesus came face to face with Satan, which will not be our experience. Um, we're just talking about spiritual darkness. But uh, Matthew uh, 4, verses 3 and 4 says, Now when the tempter, which is another name for the evil one, came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But Jesus said to him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So you notice he didn't argue with the wicked one. He didn't uh, have any conversation. All he did was state the word of God. That's what God wants us to do, too, when things come against us. We just need to know the word of God to use. Uh, Jesus was just, and, and we notice the evil one, he, he looks for weaknesses. Here's Jesus hadn't eaten in 40 days, and the evil one comes right in and is tempting him to make bread out of stones. And, and, and Jesus, what he did, he quoted Deuteronomy 8, you know, is what he did. He, he quoted the word of God. So for us, when the enemy comes in, we have to recognize it, that it's a lie, and that we have to quote the scripture over it. 
We have no fellowship and no conversation with a wicked one whatsoever. He is under our feet. So if the evil one comes in and just says, um, you know, wants to lie to us and say, well, you know, where's your God? You don't, you can't even feel him, right? You're like, then you quote the scripture, my God will never leave me. He will never forsake me. And we just, I do every scripture with thanksgiving. Like if that thought were to come, because I wouldn't feel God or think he's not here, you know, uh, of course I know that's a lie. So uh, uh, any of us would just say, thank you, God. You will never leave me or forsake me, you know. Any of those lies come, declare it out of your mouth. He's a defeated foe under the sword of the spirit. <clears throat> so uh, our armor, uh, it, it, uh, prayer also, it's not listed in the, um, in the scriptures as being armor, but it really is armor. Prayer is armor, and it really is a weapon. We talked about all these pieces of armor as being offensive and defensive, because they are. They're all Christ. So uh, the Lord says in Ephesians 6, 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. I love that. This is um, a prayer as we talked about how we're the whole army of God. Sorry, I just want to lose my timing. Um, that, um, that we're praying for all the saints. The instruction that God has is that we're all in the same battle and that we're all united in Christ as brothers and sisters. I love how God tells us in the scripture to be praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ, which is literally around the world, all our brothers and sisters in Christ. What a strong army we would be in Christ to all be praying for one another around the world, realizing that we're all in this together as the Lord's army. So uh, God is always a God of order and purpose. And by no means is prayer listed here as the last thing in the list of things we should consider. God orders all his word by on purpose. And if we go through all the scriptures of, of the armor of God and we dress accordingly to be strong in him and the power of his might through truth and righteousness and peace and faith and uh, salvation and, and all the pieces that we have, we are so strong in the Lord that our prayers are going to be very strong because we know who Christ is and we know who we are in Christ and that we pray according to the authority that the Lord has given us. You know, God hears our heart no matter what we pray, but to really pray, if we're praying to be strong in the Lord, we pray according to all he says we are and all he has in his word. So it's amazing. And I, um, I asked the Lord too, I, I thought, gee, why doesn't prayer have a piece of armor listed to it? Like we have the sword of the spirit and the helmet of salvation. I think the Lord really impressed on my heart that he says to put on the whole armor of God and that prayer is the culmination of all the armor of God because it's listed right there at the point after all our pieces. So we pray, we're praying through all those pieces of armor that are going to direct us in the right way of our prayers. So God does everything on purpose. And Ephesians 2 verses 5 through 7 said, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we know that is a position that we have that Christ is right next to us, but this is a place 
that we're seated in the authority with Christ for prayer and for all that we do. We're seated with him, that he is uh, where we became one with him the minute we said yes to the Lord Jesus as Lord and Savior, and we're seated with him. So he wants our, our prayers to be aligned with his word. And I say God does things on purpose, that prayer is right next to the sword of the spirit. And our prayers being prayed through, through the word of God, are powerful. If this is this section of scripture is about um, about us standing in Christ against the evil spirits, our prayers, praying the word, uh, uh, the sword of the spirit, are powerful. Our prayers will bring um, strongholds to nothing because of the blood of Jesus that we pray through the word of God, the sword of the spirit. God tells us how powerful it is in His word, and we realize Jesus is our example. He prayed all the time. He prayed hours and hours at a time. So if Jesus is an example of how prayer is so important, we need to follow what the Lord Jesus did. Uh, James 5:16b says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Prayers do mighty things in the spirit realm. Uh, we have 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, verses 16 through 18. The Lord tells us, I love this, this is really powerful because we go through a lot of trials. He says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Wow, rejoicing always. When, you know what happens when we get uh, hard situations? We can get, um, we can get very in despair over things that are very hard in our life, but the Lord is like, Rejoice always. There's a way we can rejoice to what the Father has already given. We rejoice that we have promises from him. We rejoice that our names are in heaven. We rejoice in whatever we can rejoice in through hard times because it'll break the spiritual bonds that are trying to take place there. So we pray without ceasing. That's, that's just like a lifestyle of praying. Everywhere we go, we're always just talking to the Father because he's always with us. We just share our day with him. We pray for things we see as we're going down the road. We just talk to him in the store. We just pray for people. We, um, we make it a pattern of being in communication with the Lord. You know, that's a lifestyle of relationship that we're in with the Lord Jesus. So, and then in everything, give thanks. This does not mean we're thankful for things that are really hard in our life, but we're thankful that the Lord's in our life. We're thankful our Lord has an answer to things we're dealing with. Our thanksgiving is up to him sitting on the throne, being in charge of our life, that he's Lord over us, and that we give thanks that all things work together for good. So the sword of the Spirit in prayer is so important for us to pray according to his will. Uh, he also says in Colossians 4, 2, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it, and with thanksgiving. We see thanksgiving through so many scriptures about prayer. Thanksgiving will lift us up. It'll make us realize all we have in Christ in the midst of some dark times that we go through. We realize that God is in control of everything and he's for us and he's with us and his promises are yes and amen. So we have to um, have a heart of thanksgiving because the evil one hates thanksgiving. If we even just are in a hard time and we're sit and write a list of what we're thankful for with the hard times we go through, we will be surprised how much we have in Christ through hard times. Uh, thanksgiving is just a, a way to really defeat the evil one. And it blesses God. So 1 Peter 4, 7 says, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober mind so that you may pray. 
You know, the evil one wants to get us all in turmoil, so we're too worried about situations that we don't even stop and pray. So he says, be sober-minded, you know, stop and just get a grip on what's going on and pray. And with thanksgiving, and the Lord is right there helping us. And I, I love this. It's a powerful scripture of Psalm 121.2. It says, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Just enormous. Our helper is, our Lord is just so, so amazing. So I'm doing a little time here. Uh, okay, so... So we know the tactics of the enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy our prayer life. All these parts of the armor of God make us strong and make us powerful. So we realize he wants to distract and make sure we don't purpose this. But we talk about being good soldiers of Jesus Christ. They're disciplined. They, have, um, they do everything with an order to their life. And having a disciplined prayer time and a disciplined time with the word of God is so important. So I, I think almost in the natural, if a uh, soldier would get all his, all his attire on, like we're talking about the armor of God, got dressed and never met with the general, how would that go for him? That's really what we are with, with um, soldiers of Jesus Christ. We get dressed as he tells us, and then we meet with him in prayer. So we got a plan to a victory. You know, our, our Lord lays out everything for us to have victory in this life, in the midst of all the things that happen. So... Um, so we want to follow exactly what he has down here. And we realize this, the structure of his scripture is just uh, so important here too. What else do I have here? Oh, I have Psalm 46.1 that says, God is our refuge and our strength and a very present help in trouble. How wonderful to have these promises that we can count on our Lord. Uh, so it's talked about in the in scripture that we have that uh, we're to pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and being watchful. That's amazing. We're being watchful as we're praying. We also, I think, have to be watchful of the words we're praying. We want to make sure they're life-giving and they're faith-filled and they're according to the word of God because it's so important for, uh, for the Lord to hear our faith and hear uh, his word uh, back to him that we have faith in it and faith in him uh it is just so vital for our, our prayer life but uh we're supposed to pray all kinds of prayers because we have all kinds of circumstances and situations and the bible shows so many different formats of, of prayer uh too many to list but i just thought the lord's prayer is always so vital for everything when the disciples asked the lord jesus like how how do i pray i don't even know how to pray and he laid out a format here that is a winning prayer format for no matter what we're going against, coming against us no matter what. God hears our heart. He knows our hearts better than we do. And I love this too. We're looking at Matthew 6, verses 8 through 13. Uh, before this, it talked about, um, you know, a lot of folks would just try to use a lot of empty words just to look like they're praying well. But our Father says, do not be like them. For your father knows the things you need before you even ask him. Isn't that wonderful? We don't have to spend hours explaining anything to our all-knowing, all-present, awesome father. You know, I, I love that. He already knows what we need before we even ask because he cares so deeply about us. So I love the prayer, though. It says, in this manner, therefore, pray, our father in heaven, 
right there we have that instant um, identity as children of God, that the almighty God, the Alpha and Omega, the one that has everything in his hands is our Father. So we're going to the King of glory with all our cares in the midst of any spiritual battle we're coming against. And we hallow his name. You can sit there and hallow his name. If you need Jehovah Rapha for healing, you go with whatever you want. You name the names of God that are just build up your faith in such tremendous uh, magnitude to give him the glory that's due him to set our heart on some important prayer that we go, we just hallow our father's name and how wonderful he is and just give him glory for all he is. And then the most important prayer I always think is this verse 10. We're praying to father for your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. There is no more perfect prayer than this prayer for his will. You know, Father knows best. I think that's always the answer when we pray. We might want to pray a certain way to have an outcome a certain way, and we can, but we're like, Lord, what is your perfect will? You see the beginning from the end. You're the Alpha and Omega. If I ask for your perfect will, that's really what I want because your way is always better than my very best I could even come up with. So we say, Father, we want your will, not my will, because you know the beginning from the end. You know things that are going to work out in a certain way. Even things when I pray and they don't come out the way I thought, wow, at the final, at the other side of it, I find out, oh, now I see why you did it that way because he's got a better plan. He always does. So we're fighting. If we have um, problems in our life, we say, God, I want your will to be evident. I want to pray and believe and receive your will be done on earth. Then we also, verse says, um, give us a day our daily bread. You know, we can look at that in so many ways, but what do we need daily? We need bread, like Jesus says, man does not live by bread alone. We do need bread for our natural man, but we need, but by every word spoken out of the mouth of God, we need our spirit man filled. So what we need daily, we need Jesus. He's our daily bread. We really need Jesus every day. We need spirit, soul, and body to be um, nourished for this day that we have before us because Jesus is the bread of life, and we just uh, thank you, Jesus, that you're always with us and you would feed us by your word because you are the living word. And a really important scripture here is um, verse 12. It says, and forgive us our debts. We're asking Father to forgive us of our sins. And so importantly too, we're asking God to forgive those that have sinned against us. This happens all the time. And our Father wants us to have nothing that the evil one can get a foothold in. <clears throat> we can uh, go back and look at Ephesians 4 verses 31 through 32. This is a scripture in Ephesians where right before it, it talks about don't let the evil one have a foothold. Well, unforgiveness in our life can give a foothold to the evil one because our father asks us to forgive because he has forgiven us completely of every sin we could ever uh, sin. He, it says in verse 31, <clears throat> he tells us uh, to let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor and evil speaking be put away from you and with all malice we're not to have any part of those things he says and be kind to one another tender-hearted forgiving one another even as God in Christ Jesus forgave you we have a hard time forgiving someone if we're looking at the person that has sinned against us and has done wrong against us that is I found it's just too hard to do because so many times people can be very uh evil and wrong and things they've done but what we have to do when we go to forgive someone we have to look at jesus christ 
and look at him and say, I need your help in forgiving this person. You have forgiven me of everything. Thank you, Lord God. You're going to help me forgive this person because you tell me to forgive people because nothing good comes from unforgiveness. So our Father has this right in the most important prayer in the Bible that to give the evil one especially no foothold, we forgive like Christ has forgiven us completely and totally. And forgiveness doesn't mean that someone that did something very wrong to us gets off the hook. No, we are obedient to God and, and forgive people, and God handles all the offenders and those that have done wrong. God has seized everything. He knows everything. So we do our part, our part to be in a right standing with God and say, Lord, um, I'm going to forgive everybody that has sinned against me, and Father, forgive me of the sins that I have committed so this is a, a big place to stay whole in the Lord and let the evil one not get a, a foothold. So because look how it goes into the next scripture, 13, it says, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Look at the, look at the lineup of how God orders his scriptures completely online. We're forgiving everyone and we're not going to, God's not going to lead us into temptation, but he's going to deliver us from the evil one. That's the power of the prayer that we have here before God. And then, of course, we're given all glory to God because yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So this prayer format is, I, I see it as like a great daily format of always seeking God's best and perfect will in prayer. Uh, he's delivering us from evil. We're agreeing with him to be a forgiver because he has forgiven us all our sins and he delivers us from the evil one. So these prayer points are just prayer points to see what's going in our life. What do we need? We need daily bread. We need daily everything from the Lord to, uh, to uh, satisfy all our needs that we have. Uh, so this was the, um, the, the, the whole armor of God that we've gone over. This is like the last of it all. And I wanted to end us with a... Um, a prayer from Ephesians that we've had before because we want to, we kind of want to train ourselves to pray the word of God. And there's so many, because um, it's the sword of the spirit, and there's so many that are in the word of God that are already listed out on their own, just like we had the Lord's prayer was in there. We also have this beautiful prayer that God uh, prayed. So I want to pray this over over all of us because it is just so rich with, um, with our Father's love and who we are. Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 21 says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever, and amen. amen. So we just want to praise the Lord, and I just want to encourage everyone 
if you are any new to this study, is to read through the book of Ephesians and find out all the promises and blessings that we have from the Lord Jesus, how to live at a life that blesses the Lord, how to dress according to the Lord by this armor of God that just aligns us with God, makes us think how God wants us to think according to truth and righteousness and all these pieces. So our Father, he has planned for us to win all the battles that we have. He has. He's laid it out how we are to do it. And we end with prayer. Like I said, it's just a culmination of all the pieces of armor that we pray through. So if we're ever at a loss of maybe what to pray, we can look through the armor of God and say, I'm going to pray in truth. I'm going to pray in righteousness. I'm praying by peace, you know. And our Lord Jesus tells us in so many scriptures, pray with thanksgiving because God's got everything under control. He is Lord. He's Lord over all of us, loves us with his eternal love. You know, setting our mind on things above is really where we need to keep our thoughts strong. You know, he tells us to set our mind on things above. So we have our home in heaven, and we're walking this walk out on life with the Lord Jesus. And he's calling us winners because he's the champion, and he's already defeated the evil one. So he wants us to walk according to his way. So we just praise him for him, our father, given his children the way to walk out our life here according to his word. And we just praise him for being all he is and how he's filled us with his Holy Spirit. And he never leaves us or forsakes us. So we just praise the Lord Jesus and give him all glory, honor, and praises. Amen. Amen.